slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to get to today. We will have a full preview of tonight's game against the Nashville Predators. Plus, of course, we will have this date in Islanders history and some news about Islanders goaltending prospect Ilya Sorokin uh, and his status in the KHL as Sorokin has previously indicated he may be interested in coming to North America and to the Islanders for the 2020-2021 season. So lots to talk about on today's show, and we will get to all of it. Now, don't forget, if you want to be a part of the show, you can email us with your questions, your comments, or a topic that you want to discuss. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And as always, just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to read your question or comment on the air, and of course, credit you uh, as well. And uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Isles, or you can follow me on Twitter, Gil Martin, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. So those are the ways to keep up with the show and keep up with all things that are happening in and around Long Island. All right, so let's start with Ilya Sorokin. He is the top goaltending prospect outside of North America and considered by most experts to be the Islanders' goalie of the future. And as of right now, his present team in the KHL, and that is CSKA. Moscow, uh, is trying to sign Sorokin to a contract extension. Now, Sorokin, a third-round pick of the Islanders back in the 2014 NHL entry draft, and basically, you know, he had decided in 2017 to stay for three more years. According to some published reports, Sorokin did not want to come over to North America as long as Garth Snow was still the general manager of the Islanders. Obviously, Snow no longer there as uh, the the Islanders have now had two seasons under Lou Lamorello. So, as a result, rumors now circulating that Sorokin would be coming to Long Island next year. But basically, the 24-year-old is being offered a new deal right now by his Russian team, and it just becomes a question of whether or not he would stay. Now, the thing is that if he stays in the KHL, Sorokin 
would have to sign an entry-level contract with the Islanders, so his first-year salary would only be approximately $925,000. But after that, if he signs a one-year entry-level deal, he could make substantially more and probably command very big money uh, as a restricted free agent. Meanwhile, uh, if he stays in the KHL, he certainly could make more money, at least in 2020-2021. Now, Sorokin's statistics, again, pretty impressive overall, though not as lights out as last year. Now, if you recall, last season for CSKA Moscow, in 40 games, Sorokin goes 28-6-4, and with a 1.16 goals against average and a 940 save percentage. This year, he is off that pace so far, uh, but not by a heck of a lot. In 22 games, he's come back down to earth, folks. His goals against average is uh, uh, up to 1.57. 13 wins, 7 losses, 2 ties, and that save percentage, almost identical. It's a 934 save percentage. The fact of the matter is that Sorokin has been consistently excellent for CSKA Moscow, and you can't blame them for trying to entice him to stay on. And, you know, certainly in the short run, they can offer him more money than the Islanders can. But as of right now, Sorokin is not signing on the dotted line with his KHL team. And all of my sources indicate that he is still most likely to join the Islanders for the coming NHL season. And as we've discussed on this show before, that very well may mean that Tomas Grice, who is a unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, will probably be leaving Long Island uh, if Sorokin does indeed arrive from Russia, and that Varlamov and Sorokin would then split goaltending time in 2020-2021 if everything goes according to plan for the Islanders. Now, Michael Dalcole, we mentioned that he was injured in Saturday's game, did not practice yesterday with the Islanders. He did not come out and dress for practice, which is a a bit of a disappointment. Still no uh, update as to how long he's going to be out, but you get the feeling that it's going to be at least a few games. We will keep you updated. Check us out again. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll give you any breaking news as it happens, and we'll update you after the Islanders have their morning skate later on today. So, not sure about Dal Cole's status going forward, but the Islanders did make a transaction yesterday, and it's good news for the Islanders, adding to their depth, And that is always something that you sort of want to see. The Islanders recalling from Bridgeport Tom Kunakel in six games. No points for Kunakel. He was a minus one overall. uh, But getting him back healthy and back in the lineup only adds to the Islanders' depth. And that is a good thing. And we'll keep an eye on whether or not he is in the lineup tonight against the Predators. Kunakel, by the way, did practice yesterday with the team. So, again, an indication that uh, he may be available 
for the Islanders tonight against the Predators. We will keep you updated on this and all other things, Islanders, as we always do. We've got a lot more to come on today's show. We'll talk about this date in Islanders history, as well as previewing tonight's game against the Preds. All this and more. Stay with us on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, before we get to this date in Islanders history, a trade taking place last night in the NHL, and maybe Islander fans are a little bit disappointed by this one. The New Jersey Devils deal Taylor Hall, but he doesn't go to the Islanders. He ends up heading to the Arizona Coyotes uh, in exchange for some two draft picks and two prospects. So the Islanders' search for a goaltender, uh, excuse me, for a goal scorer continues but that goal scorer will not be Taylor Hall. I I didn't really expect Hall to be coming to the Islanders. It would be unlikely that the Devils would want to deal him, A, in the division, and then B, to a team that shares the same media market as they do. And anytime Taylor Hall would do something very well on the Islanders, you know, Devils fans would have to read about it in their newspaper and and online and hear it on the radio and on TV. So I understand, you know, especially easier to deal him to the Western Conference, send him that, you know, packing in that direction, and then he doesn't come back to play you multiple times a year, can't face you in the playoffs down the road, and really, you know, don't have to worry about him. You'll, You'll face him twice a year at most. Uh, unless you meet him in the Stanley Cup final. So logic in, in what the Devils ended up doing, and Lou Lamorello will have to look elsewhere in his search for a goal scorer. I would not be surprised if the Islanders tried some internal ideas rather than uh, trying to make a big trade, but Ilya Kovalchuk, I'm just going to throw that name out there. I've heard some people on Twitter talking about him a little bit. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, the, the LA Kings are looking to deal him, and I don't know how high the price would be, but here's the question I would have. Over the course of his career, Ilya Kovalchuk has been primarily an offensive-minded player. Would he be willing to play the Barry Trotz slash Lou Lamorello defense-first responsibility in all three zones style of hockey. If he is, he could probably be had for not a lot of, uh, you know, wouldn't be an expensive deal, maybe a a third-round pick or a a mid-level prospect. I don't think you break the bank for him in terms of what you have to give up. His salary wouldn't break the bank either. The Islanders would have room under the salary cap to get him, but I question whether or not he's a good fit on this particular team. He fills a need. There's no question about that. He fills a need that the Islanders have to increase their goal scoring, but I don't know if he's good for this system, and it's something that Lou Lamorello will have to determine. Look, Islanders right now, first in the league in goals against but 24th out of 31 teams in goals scored. Power play, 13th out of 31 teams. If you take that 24th in the league in goals for and even move it up to, let's say, 15th, put them right in the middle, 15th, 16th, 14th, something in that range, 
this team would be very hard to beat. And and obviously, picking up a guy like Kovalchuk would improve the power play. But again, would he cost the Islanders some goals against because of his reputation of not being a very, uh, you know, hardworking defensive player over a good portion of his career? That remains the question. And then, of course, what will he actually cost? I think it's a name to put in the back of your minds. I don't think any deal is imminent, but I think it's one of those things that really could work out for the Islanders down the road if the opportunity arises and things sort of fall into place. All right, we're going to take our trip back in time. This date in Islanders history, December 17th, 1978, in Detroit, the Islanders and the Red Wings, and the Islanders strike first in the first period. At the 13.46 mark, Brian Trottier, his 18th goal of the year, unassisted, and that gave the Islanders a one to nothing lead. That lead would remain at one nothing through a scoreless second period, and then in the third, Dennis Potvin, adds to the Islander lead at 14.02, his 13th goal of the season from Wayne Merrick and John Tanelli, and the Islanders' lead was increased to 2 to nothing. and then Bob Nystrom finishes the scoring exactly a minute and a half later. Nystrom scores his 6 from Clark Gillies and Stefan Pearson at 15.32, and the Islanders led 3 to nothing. Billy Smith makes 21 saves to earn the shutout. And the Islanders skate away with a 3 to nothing victory over the Red Wings. Islanders 19-4-7 at that point, while the Red Wings were 7-16-7. Gary Howitt engaging in a fight in this game. For the Islanders, Brian Trottier, a plus two for the Islanders. Trottier and Gillies each with four shots on goal apiece. And every Islanders defenseman, and they dressed six in this game, was a plus one. The defensemen, Gary Hart, Pat Price, Dennis Potvin, Burt Marshall, Stefan Pearson, and Dave Lewis. So all of them a plus one. The Islanders get the shutout. From Billy Smith, making 21 saves. And of course, in his ever-present capacity as a a tough goalie, Smith also picked up two penalty minutes in this game. So the Islanders end up with the 3-0 victory uh, in a game refereed by Bruce Hood. That was this date in Islanders history, December 17th. 1978, as the Islanders were on their way to the best record in the NHL that year. Now, they didn't have the President's Trophy just yet, but if they had it, the 1978-79 Islanders would have captured it, and uh, that was one heck of a hockey team. But yet, you know, you look back, that 78-79 team wasn't quite confident enough to win. And, you know, so many people have talked about it, but it it bears repeating. Butch Goring came over at the trade deadline a year later. And Goring came over from the Los Angeles Kings 
gave the Islanders some depth at center where they had a second-line center who teams suddenly had to respect offensively. But what Butch Goring did was he gave a lot of the younger Islander players a bit of a perspective as to how good the rest of the league really thought they were. And by adding that aspect, giving the Islanders more confidence, giving them an idea of, hey, the rest of the league is kind of afraid of us. They respect us. We must be pretty darn good. That, plus the addition of Ken Morrow on defense, helped solidify the Islanders. And one year after 78-79, they start that run of four straight Stanley Cups. But that 78-79 team, you know, everybody talks about that semifinal loss to the Rangers and how good John Davidson was. But I'll tell you something. Uh, that 78-79 team really was outstanding. All right, we still have a lot to talk about, including a preview of tonight's game against the Nashville Predators. Should be a good one. We'll have that and more right after this. All right, so tonight it's the Islanders and the Nashville Predators, and it should be a good game. 7 o'clock is the face-off time at the Nassau Coliseum. For Nashville, it is the second of a four-game East Coast road trip. They played last night at Madison Square Garden, beat the Rangers 5-2. They have the Islanders tonight, and then they will go on to play at Ottawa and at Boston later this week before returning home. Uh, It's been an up-and-down season for the Nashville Predators. Overall, they are 7th in the very competitive Central Division at 15-12-5. That gives them 35 points, although they do have a couple of games in hand on uh, all the other teams in their division right now. And, you know, that win ends a two-game losing streak. Before that, there was a two-game winning streak. And you get the idea that this is just a team that cannot seem to find its consistency right now. And one area that's, you know, you look at the goals for and goals against right now, 17th in the league in goals scored, 14th in the league in goals allowed. Nashville right in the middle. And their record very much spells out where they should be at this point. They're, like I said, three games over NHL 500. But where they are hurting right now, and a place that the Islanders probably can take advantage of, the Predators' power play, 14.8% success rate, 27th in the league. And the Islanders, as we know, have struggled a bit to kill penalties recently. Maybe the Nashville Predators and their rather inconsistent power play is just the tonic that the Islanders need to get their PK back on track. And the Islanders' power play, which has been doing fairly well in recent games, Nashville's penalty kill ranked 24th in the league. They killed penalties at a 77.6% rate. So special teams have been the Achilles heel of the Nashville Predators, and it's an area that the Islanders uh, should be able to to take a little bit of advantage of, you, you you look at the statistics, the Islanders power play 13th in the league, penalty kill 15th, both, you know, right around the middle of the league, but uh, they should have an advantage on both 
uh, special teams units in this game. Plus, of course, the Islanders are playing at home. Now, you go to the goaltending right now, and, you know, you say Saros got the start last night. He's the backup, although, you know, Pekarine, who remains the starter, probably playing, you know, 60% to 40%. Uh, this year, as 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 Rene is sort of slowing down a little bit as far as his workload is concerned, but numerically, for some reason, Nashville plays better in front of Pecorine. His goals against average, almost the same as Saros. His save percentage, almost the same as Saros, and yet, uh, Rene, 10, 5, and 3 on the year, Saros, 4, 7, and 2. The goals against average for Rene, 2.99. For Saros, 3.04. Save percentage, 8.93 for Rene, 8.94 for Saros. Uh, Three shutouts for Pekka Rene, none yet for UC Saros. I expect on the second day of a back-to-back that it'll be Pekka Rene, and if the Islanders continue their goaltending rotation, it's Tomas Grice's turn to go up against Rene tomorrow, uh, tonight, rather, uh, when these two teams face off. As far as points are concerned, a lot of balance on this team right now. Five players with at least 20 points, two more with 19. Roman Yossi right now leads the, uh, the Predators with 26 points in 31 games. He is also a plus eight, which is second best on the team. Philip Forsberg, always dangerous. He has 11 goals, as does Callie Yarnkrock. Also 11 goals, 22 points. The goal leader right now, though, Nick Bonino with 12 in 31 games. He has 19 points. Ryan Ellis and Matt Duchesne also over 20 points right now for this team. And... Their best face-off man right now, Nick Benino. He is uh, probably winning at about a, a 57, 58% clip for the Preds. You look at the lineup going up and down. Ryan Johansson, first-line center with Forsberg and and Yarkrock on his wings. Matt Duchesne, the second-line center with Kyle Turris and Colton Sissons on his wings. Nick Benino, the third-line center, and he will be flanked by Rocco Grimaldi and Craig Smith. The defensive pairings right now for the Predators, Yossi and Ellis, a very talented top pair, Matthias Ekholm and Dante Fabro are the second pairing, while Dan Hamhuis and Yannick Weber make up the third pairing. That first power play unit uh, you know, they move Forsberg back to the point with Yossi, and that makes for a formidable uh, group on paper. But again, as I mentioned, they're just not getting the job done. They go with Yarkrock, Johansson, and Duchesne up front for the most part on that first power play unit. There are some injuries. Uh, Victor Arvidsson and Michael Granlund both out of the lineup right now and on IR for Nashville, so don't expect them uh, to be in the lineup. For the Islanders, we will keep an eye on Michael Dalcole. 
unlikely, I would say, that he appears. Then there's Nick Letty's status. And again, these are things that we will update you on. Letty did practice yesterday and probably will be available for the Islanders. It just remains, you know, one of those game time decisions where they make it a, a choice as to whether it's better to sit him out for one more game or have him ready. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday. We will have a complete analysis of tonight's game against Nashville. We'll have our weekly farm report as we do almost every Wednesday. And of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more. So join us then. I'm Gil Martin, your host. Thanks for joining us today on the Locked On Islanders podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.